Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really excited to announce a very special guest today. He's actually a friend of mine. He's in Toronto and he's doing some really amazing things with his life. And he was actually the one that got me into podcasting. And he also has a really interesting story about he, how he was chronically ill for a year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Adam. Adam, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Uh, that was a good intro. You, you just jumped right into it. There was no, you didn't talk to your audience. You didn't address anybody. You didn't wave the, you know, hello, hello to the people. Hello, hello. Uh, <laughs> that's fun. That, that's fun that, uh, that I got you into podcasting. There are a few people that, that came to, um, you know, so, sort of what I was doing years ago was uh, working with podcasters, working with people. I didn't have my podcast at the time, but I was just teaching people how to do it. And then finally I just said, you know what? I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also stemmed from uh, when I was at the, the year you spoke of, the year you spoke of about me being in, in chronic, absolute gut-wrenching pain. Um, I, had, I had taken that time to, to, to evaluate where I was and what I was doing uh, and then decided that I needed less time around people and more time around, uh, around, around the podcast, around the message. Uh, and to this day, uh, I don't boast myself. Anything I've ever done is uh, behind uh, the Mental Mastery Alliance. It's behind, uh, it's for, it's, it's for that. It's not, there's, never, there's never a thing that is about me. Uh, and I like that. I've, I've have somehow managed to either selfishly or unselfishly remove myself from all the positive efforts uh, and just give it back to uh, the empowerment of the movement of the people that want to speak of the people that are making changes. Uh, and you, a friend from years ago, happened to be one of those people who we bumped into again and again. And, uh, and here you are podcasting. I'm honestly happy to know that it was my words that got you going. Um, and, uh, and because of that, you're, you're able to, to help people. There are people that, you know, look up to you now uh, and, and have been, have been helped by simply you sharing your message, whether they've, spoken it or not you've helped them and i like that yeah definitely well you know and kind of like what you're doing too i mean giving back to the community and having giving people a voice right like that's 100 why i'm doing this because people with chronic illness they don't feel sometimes safe to talk about their story to talk about what they're going through and so i have this platform and you know like i said it is thanks to you to giving me you know, the push, the shove into podcast land and here we are. So it's, you know, I'm super grateful and I know that my listeners are super grateful and my podcasters are as well. So thanks. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. (laughs) Uh, So I guess I will just jump right into sort of what I'm all about and what I'm doing over here and why I am sort of the way I am with regards to your chronic illness. I love the topic. I, it sounds peculiar to say I love the topic of chronic illness, but I can say that in the depths of my pain, my absolute and utter pain uh, is where I found my soul. The depths of where I was as an individual, as an entity uh, is where I found the answers that I needed. Um, Without the ultimate pain, I don't think I would have, I don't, I wouldn't be who I am today. And this, you know, this is, this is one of those things where, you know, when you're a kid, you do certain things and you go through certain experiences and you have these, this set of ideologies and this 
belief that things are supposed to be a certain way and you do things a certain way and you think people are thinking about you a certain way and all this rigmarole, you know, and you've got these images and these ideas and these things to live up to and, and you cause yourself this ridiculous amount of pain trying to exist in a world that isn't as it seems. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for me, uh, when I decided to give up drinking um, and, and doing that, like that when, when that part of my life was over, that was when the pain kicked in. So for me, I gave up alcohol, cigarettes, uh, a heavy cocaine addiction, uh, which was, you know, something that I, I held back. I would not talk about that. That was a huge shame point for me that this was a substance I was addicted to. Um, and, and even the, even addiction in and of itself was a problem that I had. Um, I had a problem with addiction even before I'd gone through what I went through. I had a problem with the idea that I'm addicted to a substance or I absolutely need a substance, i.e. alcohol, drugs, cigarettes. Um, I never believed that it was true. I never believed that, I, I just believed that I had a choice and that I was choosing to do this. So there are a ton of people and there are a ton of, of, of obviously stances and policies and things that people talk about uh, on that note uh, of addiction. And there's a million ways to go about addiction. Um, and addiction, no matter what story you tell yourself about addiction, no matter what version of addiction that you've heard from anyone, um, addiction is yours to control. Addiction is yours. Addiction is always your version. So for me, when I decided that I was done with it, I was done with it. I, I quit drinking. I went on a 30 day detox. Um, a friend of mine said that at that time, wow, you went 30 days. I want to do it too. I said, I'll go with you. So I went from 30 to 60. And then at the end of that, there was you know, basically in the interim, I had quit smoking uh, and I had quit virtually everything else uh, just simply because once the alcohol was gone, everything else fell on the line uh, in that sense. And the clarity kicked in. Um, but at the same time, I was also recreationally enjoying Percocets for probably about 15 years. Um, and I had played sports in college. I was a bouncer um, in a younger life. Uh, so security at the clubs and, and I'd, I'd taken a lot of bumps in my life and, and naturally not knowing that I was medicating with uh, Percocet, painkillers, cocaine, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever concoction I could throw down my throat. Um, and then realizing that that was also out of self-hate, you know, you're constantly staying in a, in a sense of, 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 of perpetual self-hate. Um, and, and you're dumbing, you're dumbing yourself down. You're nulling that pain. You're nulling that, uh, that sensation. And when you live in a haze, it works out better <laughs> for you yeah. at the time. Um, so all of this came into play and all of this came into the forefront of my awareness, um, you know, three years ago, roughly. So it, it started years before, obviously, if you guys want to talk about an awakening, this isn't an awakening podcast, so we won't go there, but we can, if your <laughs> listeners are interested. You know, I'll come back for that. But to go from understanding that the world that's been delivered to us and, and offered up uh, isn't as it seems, to take that and to parlay that into your internal self uh, and to, to see that what you choose to believe about what you're doing and who you are and how you're existing in this society isn't true. You're, you're not 
it's funny to say that you're not who you think you are. Um, and that comes clear legitimately after you go through excruciating pain. And that pain can be very short um, and powerful. It can be very long and nullifying and numbing down and breaking your spirit type pain. But the only people that I have ever met in my life that have ever made something major of themselves have stepped out of pain. So this show, this chronic pain is, you know, the recurring theme in your show, every last one of you listening to the show and, and embracing this show and embracing Becky and her message, you are the ones that are going to step up. You are the ones that are in the process of learning about yourself through the pain. You are the ones that will really make drastic changes in the future. We can look back and say, I wish this person did that. I wish this person did that. No, 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 no. Or why is it? Why always me? Why does this have to happen to me? What, mm -hmm. how come they're okay? And I'm not, you know, eventually that all, that all happens at the beginning, but it all goes away in the middle mm -hmm. and towards the end. And there's always an end of this pain, no matter what anybody says, you know, you're not stuck with it for life. No matter what anybody says, you have to believe what you need to believe to get you to where you need to be. So the stories you've been told about whatever pain you're in, uh, can change when you change them. I have a lot of friends right now that are dealing with um, fibromyalgia. And fibromyalgia is a disease that has no direct correlation, no, uh, no, no direct any one thing. It's almost like if they don't know what's wrong with you, they give you the blanket fibro. And this to me is an amazing thing because fibro can be cured when you face your inner demons. And that sounds absurd. That sounds absurd to say because medical doctors have been trying for blah, 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 blah to get this and that and the other thing. But fibro is one of those things where if you fix your diet, if you fix your body, if you fix your exercise, if you fix all the unhealthy things that you're doing about yourself, typically this fibro in whatever cantation it's shown itself to you inside you physically goes away. So when you use the pain of fibro to figure out what you should be eating, what you should be doing, how you should be moving, how you should be exercising, flexing, thinking, you change fibro. And in doing so, you've changed yourself. You've become a higher, more powerful, better version of yourself. And you've cured yourself. So for me, I went through um, sciatica. After I quit everything, my body was like, hey, way to take Basil. We have lots of pain going on here. And I was being pushed and pushed and pushed like to the point where I hadn't slept in days. Like I would sit there on my bed crying simply because I didn't know if I would ever sleep again, <laughs> to be honest. It, the pain was like having a Rambo knife shoved into my thigh and twisted. So at any given time it, in, the, in the middle of the night, I wouldn't sleep. And I'd also said, I am not doing Percocets. I am not drinking. I am not doing any of these things. Mm -hmm. So my body was like, do it, just do it. And I knew full well that you know, a couple of fingers of beautiful scotch would have helped this. But I said, no, I said, I'm not drinking. Mm -hmm. And it went and went and went until, until finally one day it, it, it didn't, you know, and how did that change? I changed my diet. I did my best to learn about exercises. Uh, I started seeing uh, uh, Eastern medicine people. Uh, mm -hmm. I started uh, doing acupuncture, um, acupuncture therapy, uh, ac heated acupuncture, so I had this guy stick six inch needles all down my leg and hit it with a heat lamp. And it's insane 
and 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 it's 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 a kind of pain that makes you want to laugh because it's so obscure. Mm -hmm. uh, but holy hell, like I cried again. And your audience is going to think I'm a big crybaby, but I cried <laughs> just for reference, ladies and gentlemen. I'm six foot two, around two hundred and seventy pounds. So crying for me doesn't come lightly. Um, the the tears were of joy this time though, because I stood up off the table and I could walk. I could walk. And when I went to sports medicine, the doctors initially said, go, you know, go to sports medicine. They're going to do acupuncture on you, blah, blah, blah. So I went in there and the lady stuck me with a couple of two inch needles, this, that, and the other thing, but you put them in my hand. Like I'm supposed to mm. who, like, I don't know. There was these or that, and this is connected to that. She says to me, and I'm like, all right. Um, and I said, so how often should I come back? And she says, Oh, probably about twice a week for the next year which was, would have been a bill oh of over $10,000. When I asked, when I asked the, uh, the, the mystic, the, the Eastern medicine mystic, when, how often I should come back, he says, don't, you're done. It's over. That's crazy. And, and, and it is crazy, right? But whether he was right or she was right, if I believed her, I'd be back. I'd be dropping 10 grand and I'd be back. But I didn't believe her and I believed him. So me believing him probably had something to do with the fact that it didn't come back. And that in and of itself is, you know, is a fascinating story. It wasn't just that. It was literally the collection of everything because eventually it did come back. Mm. And eventually it came back so ferociously that after about a year, I caved mm. and got the Percocets. But I didn't call my guy. <laughs> I went to the doctor. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, the street value of Percocets is about 5 to $6 a pill. The pharmaceutical value of Percocets is around 40 cents a pill. It blew me away. I said, I've been picking up off the wrong guy for all these years. No, now, I'm not advocating drug doing or dealing or anything opioid, you know, but I will say this, those that created the opioid addiction are the ones that are giving us the issues right now, i.e. the doctors and COVID. That's another issue. So back to my story, the painkillers after I'd done everything I possibly could I knew that the Percocets would give me reprieve. I knew them well enough to know how they would interact with my body. And I told my doctor, I said, I have an issue with Percocets. I said, this is where I stand on the topic. I want them, give them to me, <laughs> but do not give me a refill. And in your best judgment, figure out how much you think it would take to cure me of this, or at least allow me just a place to stretch and, and, and to understand and just a break so I can reset my, my mind. Um, and we did 90 pills. I think that's cause that's all we'll, that would fit in the jar. Uh, and he said, I said to him, okay, good. No refills on this. I said, if I need more, I will contact you. Um, I had the 90 pill. It was 60 pills. Actually it was 60 pills was, was the diagnosis. And I was upset about, the fact that I lost inside my own mind, this battle that I was fighting, but the reality was I won and small victories come in the weirdest of places because here's my victory and here's my win. And here's how it happened. The minute I looked at their recommended dosage for the day that was printed on the label versus my recreational usage, <laughs> I was blown away. My recreational usage was granted every night I was drinking, I'd take one or two. Their recommended dosage was one or two every three hours up oh to goodness. eight to 10 a day, wow. but no more than 10 a day. 
I'm like 10 fucking Percocets a day. So you might have to edit that out. I don't know if you guys swear on your thing, but I, I, it blew me away. I'm like, no wonder there's an opioid addiction. These things are delicious and perfect. And if you're going to be eating 10 of them a day, you're going to forget that you even exist. <laughs> you're just going to drift off into wherever you want to be. Uh, so I stretched them. I stretched them out. I did one or two a day at absolute max when I couldn't handle it. And I overcame at the time. I overcame my fear of relapsing. Since I was actually sticking to it and using them medically, I no longer had the idea that I was addicted to the Percocets, which was great. Now, the cocaine was an easy thing to kick as well because it just didn't make sense. Um, the alcohol your entire life you're tricked and trained into thinking that you should be drinking. Um, and that, that was a, that was an interesting one to overcome mentally, but there isn't a single person on this planet that ever said I quit drinking and my life turned to shit. <laughs> so, you know, alcohol in and of itself is a trick. It's a trick and it's a trap from the beginning. Everybody that's depressed, everybody that's going through something major and massive right now, often nine out of 10 times drinker, Heavy drinker in denial. Well, I don't drink that much. One or two drinks a night, a uh, glass of wine with dinner. It's not much. It's an I couldn't tell you the last time I was drunk. All bullshit, all stories. The consumption of alcohol, period. And I used, to, I used to denounce saying what I'm about to say, but the consumption of alcohol, period, is a mind fuck. And once you can get rid of it, once you move away from it, you're able to see sort of its grasp on you and how it controls you know, what we do. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm waiting for a friend or I'm waiting for this. I'll just go have a drink or I'll just wait here. Or it'll be nice to have a drink after work, or I'm going to reward myself for a tough day with a glass of wine or a bottle of wine or, oh, it's delicious. Oh, it's not harmful. And then you see the news. Oh, a glass of wine's actually helpful for you for a day. The antioxidants, blah, blah, blah. It's all still cerebral. And it's not something that anybody can figure out until 60 days, 60 days sobriety. And you'll hear people say things like, well, I, you know, I was sober when I was pregnant, but the intention was to go back to it. And so it, it's, it's, it's a different feel and it's not for everybody. And I'm not tooting my own horn and I'm not saying anything, but if you're having issues right now and if it's really fucking with you and you don't know what to do, uh, that's three. I've officially said three F-bombs. I'm sorry. Yeah, about that. it's fine. <laughs> I'll All just right. call it censored. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You just put it uh, explicit. This guy's out exactly. of control. <laughs> just put fine. the E up there. That's good. So the, this, if you are having issues and you haven't figured out or, or you're, or you're still hiding in the alcohol and you haven't realized that it's a trick, uh, give it 60 days and see how your pain and how you, and how you, and how your suffering changes. If you want to get angry about, about at me for saying that, then, then just don't, don't, don't quit it. Just keep going. Do, do what you're doing, <laughs> whatever it is, right? The world wants to fight, but I don't want to fight the world. Um, yeah, so it was an experience. Uh, and then coming out of it, when I did finally come out of it and finally emerged from it, I was able to see things um, in a different, a different, an absolute different light. I love that glass, by the way. Go, Sands, go. Hey. So... Yeah, I'm sitting here in Toronto. And I've still got my sense stuff all around me. It's great. <laughs> I'm in British. Diehard. Yeah, absolute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolute diehard. That's a, that's a hockey thing for all you non-Canadian listeners. Uh, we stick to our home teams. Now, back to the pain. Um, you know, the pain is our greatest teacher, which is a cliche. But when you can take the pain and when you again can internalize it and when you can make it right for you, knowing that you're not supposed to compare yourself to a single person, 
you're not supposed to compare yourself to anybody other than anyone that's going to elevate you to, to, to higher, higher standards. You know, there is, it's been said that there isn't a single person that's doing better than you. That's going to talk back to you, or that's going to, that's going to make fun of you, or that's going to bring you down. The only people that can bring you down are the people doing worse than you. You know, it's also said to avoid people who talk about other people. So, you know, when you find yourself in a situation where you have to try to figure out, you know, what your next move is and where you're going and how you're going to handle what you're going to handle, understanding that your growth is, it's in the, you're in the process right now of a major growth. Uh, and as much as it's terrible right now, the end result, well, there's actually in life, there is no end result because after any great major success comes Tuesday morning, just like any great major failure, Tuesday morning, you get up and you start all over again. So there is no end result. There's a journey. We're all here. We're all on this journey experiencing, um, pain, no pain. Everybody's got some sort of version of pain. Everybody's got something to complain. Every single person on the planet looks at somebody else and says, I wish. Or the idea that we're in pain and we don't want to be because we've seen it somewhere else. Um, and we put our spin on it is a thing. Imagine being in chronic, I imagine myself, I remember being in chronic, chronic physical pain, you know, saying it must be nice, you know, in my head because you get, it gets, it gets dark sometimes. <laughs> You're like, oh, this person doesn't have it. What the fuck? Why not this person four times? So that person, though, that you're pointing the figure at internally could be going through like the worst marital breakup or financial crisis they've ever experienced. We don't know any of that stuff. So for us to point outward at anything is um, it takes away from our ability to heal internally. And once we start pointing internally, we start saying thank you. There's a thing I absolutely adore. It's called the Alan Watts. And I've shared this. I'm, I'm going distant because I'm looking it up. I want to read it to you guys. It's the Alan Watts reverse law. Have, you, have I talked to you about this? No. Okay. I'm going to pull it up. And I'm also going to keep talking because there's nothing more annoying than dead sound. <laughs> uh, okay. So it's the acceptance of negativity, right? So let's see if this is good enough. Uh, blah, 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 those. So it drives me nuts whenever I try to pull this up because it's always different. They always change what it's saying. But here's a, a brief quote is the desire for a more positive experience is in itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, the acceptance of one's negative experience is in itself a positive experience. So the minute you accept where you are and what you're going through, you start to have a positive experience. Mm -hmm. And when you start to have a positive experience, the tension in all of your joints and back and everything like that release. So to say, I really wish this wasn't happening to me will keep you where you are. Mm -hmm. But the minute you say, this is happening to me, this is my experience. I accept this. What's next? What can I see? What can I do? What can I feel? Oh, that pain is a thing. Oh, that pain is a thing, right? And I know nine out of 10 times, you know, you could do that, you know, nine out of 10 times, right? The 10th time you're going to snap. But when you're mentally prepared to say, I accept where I am, I accept this as it is right now, and I'm going to work with it to overcome it, everything changes. 
So that was a bit long-winded with regards to mindset and pain and my story and amplifying towards your audience. Was there anything that caught your attention in there? Anything you wanted to talk to me about? All that? Yeah, a couple of things. So, um, you know, mindset and chronic pain or chronic disease is so incredibly important um, because I think there are so many people out there that are suffering more because of the fact that they're, like you say, stuck in that mindset that, oh, what was me? Why is this happening to me? And that sort of thing. But I think that people who deal with chronic pain, chronic illness, you almost have to go through, it's like phases. You have to go through that phase to get through the other phase of incredible excruciating pain to almost have like an enlightenment at the end of it. When you have that acceptance, when you have that um, change in your life, because a hundred percent of my podcasters, there's been something that's something great that has come from having a chronic disease. And that is the experience of what they went through with the chronic disease, totally the acceptance. And now they're either using their disease, using their experience to help others, or they're, you know, they're doing something great with their lives. And it's because of the pain that they were put through from their chronic disease. Not to say like, everybody wants to get a chronic disease so they can do something great with their lives, but it's just, you're right. The pain puts things into perspective and then, you know, you, you step into a whole different lifestyle, a whole different life when you come out of it sort of thing. So yeah, mindset is crazy when it comes to chronic and chronic disease. It's, it is, it is an awakening. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like the, like I said, the pain shocks you into a reality. The pain shocks you into understanding that things aren't as they seem, nor should they be. Mm-hmm. So and you're right. I mean, I love that. I love that you said that. I love that. I love that. You know, a hundred percent of the people that you've interviewed have done something great with their life because of the pain. Mm-hmm. Because when the pain's happening, we can't see past it. No. We can't see. We can't see past the diagnosis. We. What do you mean? I've got this. I've got that. What do you mean? Like it, my life mm-hmm. is over. You know, and then you're like, well, now I have to make these adjustments and do this stuff and never, nothing's ever going to be the same. Well, man, nothing that was anyone that again to 99% of the people that have gone into a chronic illness or that have experienced a chronic illness have come out of a bullshit lifestyle. Yeah. Like there aren't many people that are like, I was a triathlete runner and blah, 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 blah. And my life just went to absolute hell one day when I stubbed my toe. Right. It, it, it typically doesn't happen that way. Now it could because maybe you're not supposed to be an athlete. Maybe you're not supposed to be an Olympic corner, like blah, 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 blah. Maybe you're supposed to be somebody who really got his nose in the grindstone and fixed this and changed that and altered the course. It's very rare that somebody gets something painful or, 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 or discomforting or disheartening or whatever that happens to them that they don't use it to, to change the scenario, to make difference. It's, it's so simple. It's like if, you, if, you know, if you're putting something in the microwave, you put a pasta sauce in the microwave and it splashes all over the microwave, you know, there are very few people who pull that out and go, huh, that's a mess, right? Most like nine out of 10, 99 out of 100 people will pull that out and go, wow, I'm an idiot. They'll assess the situation and go, next time I should have a lid on this. This time I'm going to wipe this down and clean it up. And they're going to learn and grow from the experience. Definitely. Another thing people don't get too is when like all of life, <laughs> life is pain. And that's, that's one of the things, because without it, we don't grow, period. So whether you're suffering from chronic pain or whether you're suffering from any kind of pain or whether you're not suffering at all, if you're just happily skipping through life, right? You're, 
life ain't hit you in the face yet. And when it does, that's when the lessons come. There's nobody on this planet that is anything other than a non-player character if they haven't had some sort of life-altering pain, life-altering experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't, you just can't drift through life with nothing happening to you. No. In the infamous words of Beavis and Butthead, you've got to have stuff that sucks to have stuff that's cool. And that's huge because this is comparison. It's because of this, this, and this that I overcame that, that, and that. I overcompensated for this. I learned about that. I grew in this direction. I became this. I helped people with this. My experience was shared with that. All of these things are designed to grow. All of them. And if you aren't fed shit, i.e. fertilizer, if you aren't fed shit, you can't grow. Mm -hmm. And the only reason we exist on this planet is to grow and is to change our spots. The whole world has told you a thousand times over, a leopard doesn't change its spots. And if you've ever said that about somebody else, that's you just announcing the fact that you're here to grow. We're all here to grow. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that, you know, it, at the end of the day, I appreciate all the pain that I've ever experienced. And here's another kick in the pants. Each and every one of us is guilty of something that's absolutely atrocious towards another individual. And that's a pain that nobody talks about, a pain that we feel inside. And there are a ton of people out there that have done terrible things to other people that they don't even realize it. And that's, the, that's, that's a huge thing because the only thing that you, like when you think about, if, if I said to the audience right now, ladies and gentlemen, think about that one thing that you did that you still feel shame for that you've not talked about. The audience, you've got something in your mind right now. It's there. And the only reason that thing is in your mind right now is because it changed you. Mm-hmm. that pain that you caused somebody else or did something or, or was totally against your character, it only stuck in your head to change you. Therefore, you only did it so that you could change and grow from it. Also, we aren't in control of other people's life plan or party or essence. Whatever you did to them probably had to be done to them for them to understand something about their own life. So everything is symbiotic. And you can think about the person that did the, the, the worst thing to you, the one person that's out there that you're like, oh, I hate that damn Jenkins, whatever, right? But that person probably really, like they, they robbed you, they, they stole from you, they took your boyfriend, whatever it is. They taught you more about yourself than any of your Fairweather friends did. So when you think about the pain that you feel, so the pain that you feel from an illness coupled with the pain that you've caused others and, in, and, 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 and subsequently are suffering from inside your own self. Therefore, if you cause somebody else pain, you still suffer the effects of that pain. And that also is your lesson. So there's lessons in literally every ounce of everything that we've either done to others or had done to us or simply physically experienced as in I was born with this and I was this and I was that. All of this stuff is... is it's, it's here for you, right? The only reason that we wouldn't want whatever it is is because we see somebody else who doesn't have it, but we don't know what yeah. their life plan is. It has been said that 100 people could stand in a pile and throw all of their problems into the pile. 99 of those 100 people would pick up their own problems again and leave. They wouldn't want somebody else's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I get long-winded in these things. I know you'd like to keep them short, so maybe <laughs> That's okay. Over. 
you have so much like insight and and so much wisdom and stuff. I think that our list, like I'm getting so much out of this and, and, you know, I think that my listeners will too. It's just, you know, mindset and, and thinking about how everything is a lesson and that sort of thing. The one thing I was going to touch on when you were talking about fibromyalgia is I truly believe that a huge amount of chronic illnesses are caused from repressed emotions and things that we haven't dealt with in our minds, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and I mean, like I'm case in point, like my Crohn's disease was pretty much me not dealing with my mom and my brother dying. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I accepted that and I, I grieved them. And as soon as I, whatever, I have been off medication since March and I'm fine, you know, mm-hmm. because everything's good. I'm not stressed out. I, I talk about my feelings. I deal with my problems. Like, you know, but it's, it's like you say too. I mean, like how much of that mindset and the acceptance and because I wake up every morning and I'm grateful for the day I'm wake up every morning and I'm happy that I'm like, I'm super grateful that I'm not in pain. And so it's their lessons, but they change you. And, and it was a long haul. Like it took a long time to get here, but yeah, it's, I I just wonder how much of chronic disease is caused from having a sick mind as opposed to a sick body. I'd say all of it. Yeah. I'd say all of it Um, because you can live with scoliosis, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Where like the body twists and the this and the that. Um, Now there's another thing too uh, that exists called, uh, and this is like a little bit juju-y, but it's called soul contracts. So the, have you, are you familiar with a soul contract? No. So the idea behind a soul, (laughs) the idea behind a soul contract is that you, before you get here to earth, this realm, you have decided what you want to do and you've decided what experiences you want to have to teach you to remember who you are. So you come in blind, but before you got here, you, you laid out your roadmap. You figured out what you wanted. Um, and this is the soul contract. So you're here with a few people um, and, and time is not linear. It's not back to front. Um, it's all happening at once. So picture yourself and I don't know, 10 of your friends jumping into a, a VR headset game where you're all like, Oh, well, virtual reality. Look how much fun this is. Um, picture that right now. So in your life, you have a certain amount of people that are here to teach you. So with regards to a soul contract, your life, you could have put the VR helmet on with your brother and mother right? But in the other world, they're friends of yours. They're, they're part of your soul. This is just the soul contract. This isn't necessarily what I believe because I have a lot of beliefs about a lot of things, but I like this story. Mm-hmm. So this is your game, right? So this round is yours. So everybody jumped in to help you. That's what everybody's here for. Literally everybody, like every single person in this game is here for you. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And your mother and brother jumped in you guys on the outside world, you put your helmets on at the same time. And on the inside worlds, they left before you. So when you all take your helmets off, it'll all be the same time back out there. Five minutes will have passed. You'll be like, that was a crazy game. Look at, look at who we've become since then. Right? So your brother and mother were here um, to pass away, to teach you to become something bigger and greater and to utilize your time and to experience what you've experienced because of the passing. 
So also knowing that they're not gone, you know, nobody's ever gone just because like we can't physically see somebody. My father as well is gone. He's passed away. Um, but that is, you know, my understanding of passed away is moot. I mean, since everything is just simply one experience, you really have to compartmentalize like all of it. Like if, if you look at your life right now and you look back at your life and you could say, I did all of this stuff and you could sit there and you can marvel in your memory. Yay. Or you could simply just say to yourself, I had an experience. My past was one experience. <laughs> Who am I right now? And how am I moving forward with this? And that happens at the end of your life too. Right. So we think we've got all this time and we think time's a real thing and it's a tangible thing. Right. But then there's going to come a time where you're on your deathbed. You could be 80, 90, 104. And you could say, I'm going to die in five minutes. And all you'll ever have is one overall experience, which involved a mother and involved a brother and involved a disease and involved moving to Kelowna and then moving to Mars and then getting COVID. Right. All of these fun things. So these are the experiences that we have. Why on earth would we decide to spend so much time at this very instance worrying about some bullshit? And once you get rid of that worry, and here's another fact too, you look back at your life at every single thing that you've ever worried about and you overcame all of it. 100% of everything that ever had you staying up at night, you've overcome which means every single thing that you're living with right now, you're going to overcome. It's just the way it is. There's no other way around it. And here's another thing too. If you don't learn your lessons, the pain will repeat and repeat and change form and change face and change name, but will repeat until you've learned. And the minute you've learned, you no longer have to go through that experience again. This is our experience. This is the experience of life. It is temporary. It is but a moment. People have a hard time grasping the fact that, you know, like a minute is a moment in an hour. An hour is a moment in a day. A day is a moment in a week, a week, a moment in a month, a month, a moment in a year, a year, a moment in a lifetime. Well, a decade technically. And then a decade is a moment in a lifetime. And a, a lifetime is a moment in eternity. Mm -hmm. So, why would we sit here and stress and worry and in doing so cause ourselves more pain? Because at the end of the day, you're going to break up with the guy. You're going to get over your flu. You're going to unstub your toe. You're going to hit the gym and lose all that weight. You're going to win the cheeseburger eating competition. You're going to do whatever it is that you want to do. And you're going to do it really well, right? We don't worry about how am I going to pay my taxes and how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? These are all aspects of the reality in which we're, we've been given. You know, if you don't want to get wet, you don't go swimming, that sort of thing. We play by the rules that are here. We learn to bend them. We learn that, that we created as much of this as possible. So understanding that there's literally nothing to worry about, period, alleviates a lot of stress. And people will say, well, you don't, you're not living my life. You don't know what I worry about. Well, I know that everything that you're worried about is superficial because everything of this earth is superficial. The desires in here, I want a bigger house. I want a faster this. I want perpetual that. It's all desire, unnecessary desire, ego-driven desire. And you can get on the other side of that. And when you do get on the other side of that, everything opens up. Everything opens up once you get rid of ego-driven desire. Like 
I want peace, right? If you get rid of ego, I, and desire, want, you're left with peace. There it is. So it's, it's funny to think that you, again, back to the Alan, Alan Watts paradox, you not wanting the experience you're in is causing the discomfort, not the experience itself. Which is crazy to think of that like that, you know, because we're keeping ourselves sick with our mindsets. Yes. And then the food that we eat. Yeah. Well, and, so, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think eat. that the other thing too, it's, you know, the food that we eat, the shit that we put in our brains from the news, like the, like that's a whole other worry that we just don't need. I don't watch the news any like ever because it's all lies. Yes. But the other thing too is I, be, I truly believe what you're saying is true because of the fact that that happened to me. I was keeping myself sick for the last two years because I didn't believe in the medication. And I said, I don't, this isn't working. I don't want to do this. And then as soon as I told my doctor, I don't want to take this medication anymore. Number one, I got better and I haven't flared since. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot to be said about that. There's a lot to be said about that. So, you know, when you, when you decide sort of where you stand and where you, when you're doing it, like you're creating, you're creating your whole life, mm -hmm. you're creating. So start creating appropriately. And, and the only way to create appropriately is to understand your own limits. So to have been pushed to the brink. What you're seeing right now in society is a, a massive scale version of that. Everybody across the entire world just goes to show, by the way, how small this place is. If every country is giving the same order to a disease that nobody can prove. There's no stats anywhere that prove this is true, COVID, that people are getting sick. People, more people have died of suicide, tuberculosis, the flu, than they've died of COVID. And the only reason COVID's anything is because it's on the news, because the newsmakers are pushing it. But what you're seeing is it's beautiful what you're seeing because nobody's dying. Now, granted, there's always that one drama queen that's like, I know a guy who died of COVID. Okay, simmer down, Karen. Uh, or Steve, whichever, <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to be sexist about you know, Stevens and Karens out there knowing people that died, right? Everybody dies of something at some point. And everybody that has died recently was tagged with COVID. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it, it's, everybody wants to defend this narrative because actually the only people that want to defend this narrative are the people that are dead asleep. We've all been told about the zombie apocalypse and this is them. Anyone wearing a face mask is a zombie. Anyone defending a face mask, not wearing a face mask because now we're all in this and we're all like, this is fucking dumb. Five. So the interesting thing about that is we have this, this, this max not micro, but macrocosm. The world is being pushed to the brink right now. The gyms are shut down. The, 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 the theaters, the restaurants, all these social activities. They're saying, don't let the kids go out for Halloween. Yet we're going through our drive-throughs all the time where we got, you know, COVID doesn't sit on anything that comes from Amazon. You can go to Walmart. No problem. I was in Ikea the other day and it was rammed wall to wall. I'm like, these people are fucking nuts. Six. So it was like, this is just, it's just absurd. And eventually you're going to see the people, especially the people that are losing their restaurants and losing their livelihood say, what, prove this, prove to me it's unsafe to be open. You've just been telling me it's unsafe. Yeah. So now the world is finally pushing back against the people that are oppressing them. The government's not your friend, right? And this isn't a propaganda thought. It's just think about the news. The news isn't your friend either. 
Do you think the news is telling you this stuff because they care about your well-being or because they want you to be afraid or because they want to sell you something or because there's something bigger that they want to create? There's an agenda that they're creating. Do you really think that these people love you or that they're selling something? And yes, being sold fear is a thing. When you vibrate at a lower frequency, you stay in the dark. You stay in pain. You stop asking questions. And those that do ask questions, we've been deemed conspiracy theorists. So those that do ask questions, not only are you taught a certain thing, but you're taught to make fun of anyone that steps out of that reality and that realm. Mm-hmm. Anyone that thinks outside of what they've been told to think must be crazy. It's true though. Yeah. I don't know. You know. I should be wearing my tinfoil hat right now, but you know, it's uh it's it's a weird world. And once you start thinking critically, none of it makes any sense. And then once you keep thinking critically, it all starts to make sense. You realize just how small it is? Yep. That's crazy. And it, and my thing is is, you know, like I keep asking the question like why? Why is this all happening? Why, you know, why did this blow up so much to the point where literally the whole world is shutting down? Like why? So because it had to, Mm -hmm. because people had to see that this was not working because we were over, Mm -hmm. there was an overabundance of, of useless jobs, of useless positions of people just wasting away, not living, just humdrumming their way through $50,000 a year, some bullshit. Right now, every single person now has an opportunity to say, I'm going to follow my passion. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do something, right? But the majority of the world is like, ah, what about the people that can't? So any person that says, what about the people that? This person has completely foregoed their own ability to step up and act for themselves. It's like racism. Do you want to stop racism? Stop being racist. Bottom line. It stops with you. And then somebody would say, well, I can't just stop racism worldwide. No, but if I had a microphone and that microphone this microphone right here, the one I'm speaking into, if every single human on the planet was listening to this podcast and I said, stop being racist, racism goes away. Mm-hmm. So, and that's it because it's all individual. Every single thing is individual, right? Mm-hmm. It's not external. It's not, it's not, you don't have to worry about what Susan down the street's doing. You just no. have to stop being a racist. Exactly. And then eventually racism goes away. Yeah. But the funny thing is we've been, taught we've been bred racism mainstream media the movies the news everything who's the first guy that dies in every horror movie (laughs) the token black guy (laughs) there you go so this is this is it's it's systemic to a point where it's like it's inside like people don't even know people are just they're oblivious to the fact that hollywood made you all racist and then made you all hate yourself for being racist like hollywood in all of its entirety is the devil Every single thing that you think is normal, right? The thing about Hollywood and the news is Hollywood gives you the illusion that the news is real because Hollywood is so fake, the news must be real. It's a contrast. There's nothing real about the news. The news is just as real as wrestling, WWE, you know, Bret Hart and them boys. So, I mean, and that's something that I can go on for hours and hours and hours about. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, by all means, if you have any questions about that, feel free to hit me up, instagram.com forward slash the Mental Mastery Alliance www.com wait www.thementalmasteryalliance.com we're everywhere we're everywhere the podcast is all it's all linked there you guys can check all that stuff out and if anyone wants to attack me 
please don't attack the beautiful Becky. Just attack me. If, if I've said something that you've been offended by, it was my choice. <laughs> uh, and these are the things that, that we, you know, that, that, that we need to go through. We need to accept our own responsibility and we need to accept the fact that we are legit in mm-hmm. complete control and no more passing the buck. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time that we have for tonight. So um, I will definitely put all your contact details in the podcast description. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and giving us all your wisdom and your insights. And I love talking about all that stuff. It's just so like refreshing for the mind because people don't talk about this stuff and it's so there. It's, it's real. <laughs> I think it's real. And, it, and any listeners that I might lose because of this, well, <laughs> so be it, I suppose. <laughs> I don't think you'll lose listeners because you, you have quite a message. I'm the, I'm the oddball here. And this, this is, you know, <laughs> th- but these, these are the things that people have to think about. They, mm-hmm. they have to think about who they are and who they are in this world. That is their world. This is their world. They are not a piece of this world. They are all of this world. We are all here for you, listener. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and all your advice, Adam. We super, super appreciate it. Perfect. I had a lot of fun and I look forward to coming back. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely have you back on the show. I love this. This is fantastic. So, (laughs) all right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Adam and I will catch you on the flip side.